Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 25. Happy spring! Oh my goodness! Is this, Does it seem like spring where you are? Because here in Southern California... Spring has sprung. As a matter of fact, a lot of days it seems like summer, which is um, not exactly a bad thing. We've had some in the 80s temperatures, which is a little extreme for what was then March and is now early April, but I'm really digging the 68 to 70 degree days that we've been getting. And most of all, I'm loving the light. I think I talked about this the last podcast, but I just can't get over the change in my mood. I I really don't think that I could live someplace like Seattle or Michigan or anywhere where it's really gloomy because I am just at my best when the light is shining. So say what you want about daylight savings time, but the light is amazing and I am completely loving it. And as per usual, I have forgotten to talk about my cup of tea. I hope that you have something fun to drink or that you're doing something fun. My tea for today is Harney and Sons Darjeeling, which is kind of like a light. I should look up what it really is. It's like a a lighter black tea and I love it. I love it. It's just, um, I talk a lot about how I really drink too much caffeine and it makes me a little jittery. So I think this is a little uh, lower on the caffeine scale and, uh, and I'm loving my Darjeeling. I hope that you've got something fun to drink too. So let's get back to spring. Loving the light. I'm feeling super guilty about the fact that we have not gotten out into the yard to start doing our, um, you know, the weeding and getting that all kind of set to go for spring and summer. You know, there's a lot of replanting and cleaning up. Um, We kind of, even in California, we kind of put the backyard to bed. It still stays green and, and stuff, but it's really a mess. And Chloe's birthday is at the end of March. She just turned 21. What? Yes, 21. We'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, But when she was younger and we would have like little birthday parties here, it was always the perfect impetus to get the backyard cleaned up because they were, you know, we'd get the little bouncy house in the backyard and and all that. But there's no need to do that now. And so it, it, um, we definitely push. And so what happens is then we don't end up planting like tomatoes till like end of April or May. And then in Inevitably, every single year, the garden is hitting its height when we go on vacation. <laughs> and that will probably happen this year. I don't even know exactly what we're going to plant in the garden because um, I've told you before, I bought this bag from Costco of bulbs to create a cutting garden. I bought it very um, with stars in my eyes, <laughs> very aspirationally in January. And um because it said you could plant between January and March. It's April and they're still sitting in the bag. Now my excuse is part of it is because we had a very wet winter and you just could not dig. And then the kids came home and then it's like not really what I want to do on the weekend and we have to clean, you know, really weed and feed the garden before we can really plant it. So I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure if I should abandon it and just call it $20 down the drain. I probably won't do that. I'll just plant them late and see what happens. But in the meantime, we actually are having our soil tested. We did this years ago when we first moved in and I was all obsessed with the show, the PBS show Gardening Naturally. 
and they talk about getting your soil tested so that you know like what you need to put back into it because we were using a lot of organic fertilizers and um, so we did that we have not done it since so it's been 23 years since we've had the soil tested now the garden soil is the best soil in the yard because we do put a lot of organic matter in it Um, this is not a gardening podcast by the way so sorry about this but let me just say it's really, it's for the most part good soil, but we, it's a small space and we grow tomatoes and peppers almost every year and they take the same things out of the soil. So we've not had some great years lately, even though we've been trying to put the good stuff back in the soil. So um, we ordered a soil test online and I sent that uh, dirt off in the mail. <laughs> I think it was last week. So um, I kind of like to see what we need to get that, um, get the soil in really good shape before we start planting those bulbs. So yeah, I'm a little disappointed in myself, but um, you know, we'll get there. It's, uh, you know, first world problems, baby. Um, so yeah, it was spring break for both of my kids last week, which was great. Oh my gosh. I got to say, I, as much as I lament not being the mom of young kids, I love parenting older kids. I can't even say teens. Chloe's 21 and, and well, the, the other two are in the last leg of their teenage years, but man, I really, I really do. So the first few days was they were it was really chill I still needed to work I was really trying to knock out um, some client projects early on in the week so I could really kind of take the latter part of the week off and so I'm home I'm just in the living room you know what which is like my office the front room and I just kind of let the kids alone which honestly I think they really appreciated especially my college kids um, you know they're used to basically living on their own they don't need their mom to entertain them or anything but I, I will tell you that even with my kids this age like I want to take time off when they're home I want to like do stuff with them I feel like I need to be available in the afternoon even if I'm just there I don't know it's weird it's it's my mommy hang up but I pretty much left them alone and there was a lot of um sleeping in for one I also I I do this in the summer too I will get up early and work I'll start work like at 7 a.m so that I can hopefully have it wrapped up by noon which I did not for a few days there but there's a lot of sleeping in there was a lot of um, laying around in pajamas, uh, staring at screens. Chloe read, like, I don't know, five books. Um, the boys, like, would lay around, go outside, shoot hoops. There were naps. There were uh, taking the dog for a walk. It was just, you know, just no no responsibilities. Um, so that was, I think, a good first few days. And then... Um, I didn't want, we are not people that go on vacation during spring break because I think we're homebodies and we kind of just, it's a time to just chill out. But I did have to just recognize the fact that this is the only spring break over a seven year period that doesn't, did not include college visits. So for the four years before the spring break, there were two years of Chloe, one checking out colleges, one going back to make your final decision. And then the next year was Jonah checking out colleges. The next year after last year was checking them out again to make the final decision. We have this year off. And then next year will be Ben's turn to check them out. It'll be two more years. So it was really nice to actually not have anything to do. Now, it is a little hard when you find out that people are going to Mexico or on a cruise or whatever. And you think, oh, we're such losers. We just stay home. But you know what? I think we're all kind of happy just to stay home. And, and, and we take other vacations. But I did drag them out of the house one day. And we just went down to the beach 
we're about 30 minutes from the beach and um, we just, you know, we just walked around and chatted, um, walked down to downtown Ventura, which has this really cute little main street area. And um, I was looking for like some cool coffee house, but the Busy Bee Cafe, which is one of those 50s themed dimer, diners, won out with the kids. And so we all had, I had a malt, which I haven't had in years. And, you know, there were milkshakes and root beer floats and stuff. And it was just, it was a very, very nice, chill day with the kids with some, you know, kind of fun conversation. And then the next day was Chloe's birthday, 21. And we went to the LA County Museum of Art, which was her choice. I haven't been there in ages, um, but it was, it was wonderful. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. It cost a fortune to get in. I had just, I didn't remember that museums cost so much. It cost us like a hundred bucks to get in. But, um, Truth be told, I don't think the boys loved it, but I secretly have that smug mommy feeling of, I am forcing you to look at art and someday you will appreciate this. <laughs> but it was fun. So um, there's they have an exhibition there um, from the artist Charles White, who was amazing. This man mastered so many different styles of art. He was just truly a wonder. So that was very cool. But the one thing that I have to say, the only things I really took pictures of were the, was modern art. And I took pictures with the, the view of these would make really good modern quilts. And, you know, I just keep talking about making quilts with solids and more improvisational and a little bit funky. And those were the pictures that I took of, of um, paintings that were like that. So, um, you know, clearly this is, this is something that I need to explore and I keep not exploring. So anyway, so that was great. And now everyone's back to real life and back to school in the last quarter before they, the college kids come home and new internships and it's all, it's all good. And thank you Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring this episode of the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, and notions. And did you know that they now carry cross-stitch supplies? They are always coming up with exciting new exclusives, clubs, and quilt-along programs. Join Fat Quarter Shop for the 12th Annual Designer Mystery Block of the Month Club. The club features the collection Orchard by April Rosenthal and begins in June. Fat Quarter Shop carries all major brands like Moda, Riley Blake, Wyndham, Robert Kaufman, and Art Gallery with the largest selection of Fat Quarter bundles ever. Whatever fabric, pattern, or notion you're looking for, chances are they'll have it. Visit them at fatquartershop.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's talk about some quilting. We finished up the hand-pieced quilt along. Well, mostly. I mean, the all the tutorials are out, all the instructions. At this point, people have until the end of April to uh, link up their finished quilt top, the, the flimsy, how I love that word, um, for the for the grand prize link-ups. And there's four grand prizes. Can I re remember them off the top of my head? There's a Fat Quarter Shop gift card, like $50, a really good one, a super nice daylight lamp, and uh, what we call a uh, hand-piecing toolkit, which is just a whole lot of different tools, uh, you know, um, rotary cutters and needles and... Um, cutting mats and just all kinds of just, you know, thimbles, all kinds of really cool things like that. And then Aurifil, um, 
has the fourth prize of two really nice thread collections. They're putting together these collections that are really cool. One is called Calm, and it's uh, like four or five, probably five, 80 weight, which I'm in love with 80 weight thread for hand sewing. And um, and they're all these really pretty neutrals, like a very calm color palette. And then the other one is a collection of 50 weight thread, and it's called the Necessities line. And again, it's just, it's it's so beautifully curated because it's a lot of neutrals and I think maybe there's a black in there. It's just, it's like exactly the stuff that, you know, I'm sure they're best sellers that people really use because not everybody really needs lime green every day, right? So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So I have um, started to hand quilt my, um, my hand piece quilt along. The first one that I made with the... Uh, American Jane fabrics and I, I read I did the quilt along along with everyone else using the Riley Blake's uh, B basics line and it's a rainbowish uh, colorway and oh my gosh I, I just cannot tell you how much I have loved how that has has come out I did like a color rainbow color wash it's really fun I still need to put the sashing on that one but I did finish all the blocks which is nice but I wanted to turn my attention to hand quilting a lot of people I think really wanted us to continue this into a hand quilting quilt along but I, I feel a little unqualified to to talk too much about hand quilting I am putting together a blog post with some hand quilting resources that are not my own but have have helped me so a while back I did I hand pieced a back to it uh, to this quilt and I'm using some um, batting from the warm company that has like no scrim in it which is really good for um, for hand quilting because you, the needle really goes through it easily and so that's all good and it's and I looked up a YouTube video on how to hand or how to thread based the quilt which is a more traditional method you know I feel like oddly compelled to do things with traditional methods but I do like the idea of thread basting it because if you're going to use a hoop and I'm not at all sure I am going to use a hoop because the hoop that I have I think is really too big this is a pretty small quilt it's like 24 inches or something square um, but if you do use a hoop pins can often get in the way um, so I had it's been thread basted for months and I think I already dragged you through that I, I didn't know how I wanted to hand quilt it I finally decided that I wanted to do a Baptist fan design on it and I looked up Baptist fan stencils on Amazon and I found one that was very reasonably priced they would not ship it to California it was the weirdest thing so then when I went to the road to California show there was a booth that had stencils and so I found one he actually made the guy that helped me made a little joke said do you have a Baptist fan and he said yes it's right over here next to the Presbyterian fan <laughs> anyway so I, it was the right size and everything so I bought that I told them about how I had tried to buy one from Amazon and they wouldn't let me have it and I they hypothesized and I think maybe they're right California has these really strict rules about I'm um, telling you if there is cancer causing chemicals in any in anything so as a result everywhere you go in California if you look hard enough you will find a sign that says there are cancer causing whatever elements uh, materials here like there's one at my dentist there's one at every gas station there's probably one in the grocery store and so because these templates are made of plastic that could be why that, that there was some sort of uh, chemical in it that they have to that they didn't want to disclose or they didn't want to jump through those hoops or whatever so you just can't buy it in California so anyways I had this for a while um, I did some research um, about marking hand um, 
quilting designs on the uh, Celebrate Hand Quilting Facebook group. And people swore by these. Um, I mean, you can just, let me just say, you can go to Joanne's and you can get that blue marker that you can get an air soluble one and a water soluble one. And I have bought plenty of those in the past. My problem is every time I go to use it, it's dried up. And so I just, I have, I have issues with that. So I wanted to look at for a different way. So people talk about, I know you're going to die when you hear this, Crayola ultra clean washable markers, like the kind you buy your kids. And people swear by them. So one time I was at Target, I just picked some up, you know, they were two or three dollars. And I took the the white background fabric, um, you know, it's like a Moda Bella Solid or a Kona Snow or something like that. And I did a test and if I was better at Instagram stories, I would be saving them in highlights, which I completely always forget to do. But I did a test and I put it in my stories where I marked all the different colors, not, like not every color, but you know, like a yellow, a pink, a red, a black, a blue, you know, so you have lights and darks. And I marked it on the fabric and then I got them wet. So for sure they come out if you wash it, but this is like a wall quilt and I don't think I really want to put it through the washer. So I wanted to find out if the marks would come out by just soaking it or with just a little hand agitation. Cause I wouldn't mind getting the whole quilt into the bathtub to, to rinse it out and then sort of block it. I just don't, this isn't a quilt I want to get all crinkly. And the good news was that yes, they come out, they come out of white fabric. Um, then I looked into whether I could do it with just spraying it instead of um, dunking it in water. Cause so, you know, again, I was just working on fabric scraps here and the lighter colors come out with spritzing, but you really need um, to swish a little bit to get the, the darker colors out. So anyways, I did enough tests to go, okay, I'm going for this. I'm going to mark on this quilt. So I did this earlier this week. And um, so I'm, the way the stencils work is, you know, there's the, the lines are broken up, right? You have to kind of continue. You know, so, so a Baptist fan are, are like um, concentric arcs and then they kind of stack up on each other. And so um, each of these little lines, there's a, a little part where you have to skip it or the whole stencil would fall apart, right? And I didn't think that was going to be any big deal, but it turns out that when I went to go hand quilt it, it's a little confusing about it's, it's hard. I'm having a hard time dealing with the stencil and that I have to keep con uh, keep the line going between the marks and the way they also and, and how much I sh if I should continue them to where they they touch the next line of stitching with the way the arc stack up. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I almost might just rip out everything I've got in there. I also am not great at hand quilting. It is a it's it's a very similar stitch to hand piecing but it's not the same because you have the quilt top which in some places is more than just one piece of fabric because of seam allowances and stuff so sometimes I mean you might be stitching through you know three or more pieces of fabric if you're catching that seam allowance and um and then batting and then backing and the backing might have a, a seam also and so when your hand quilting that needle needs to go straight down until it basically like touches your finger and then you kind of bring it you bring it back up and you do this whole rocking thing but it's just um I'm not good at it I'm not good and I know and I'm not going to stress about it too much that my stitches are not as small as I want them to be um I don't really care so much about that 
but that they're not as even as I want them to be. So um, I don't want this to be a big stitch quilt because I feel like it's a little too traditional to go that way. But um, yeah, so I, I need some practice on the hand quilting and I do not mind that I see the progression in this um, in this quilt top, but I do need to work out how to how to really join up these designs. I also started in the corner and um, in the like the bottom right corner, and I did not mark this the stencil on the entire quilt. And I think maybe I should because I think I really need to start in the center of the quilt, like you would you would do. I don't know that it's a great idea that I'm starting in the bottom right corner, but I didn't really have the nerve to mark the whole quilt, and I think I need to get over that. I need to mark the whole quilt, and I should start in the center and work out. So thanks. I just kind of worked that out mentally. Wow, I'm 21 minutes in, and, <laughs> and all I've done is talk about um, the hand quilting. So what else have I been working on here? Um, oh, I should also mention that the thread that I'm using um, is Aurifil 28 weight, uh, the color 2000. I don't know why I ordered 2000 instead of a 2311, which is my favorite color. 2000 is a little more golden, but it actually looks perfect here. And I tried a few different weights. I tried 40, I tried 28, and I tried 12. 12 is really cool. It's almost like pearl cotton, 12 weight, but um, my stitches are not something I really want to highlight at this point in my life. So 28 is nice because it's a little thicker, but um, it, it, you know, it's still going to blend really nicely. So, so that's what I'm using for that. I also got my, um, the quilt that I was doing with the Boro fabric from Moda back from the long armor. And it's the one that's a mixture of quilting cottons and wovens. And I keep seeing this with new lines coming out that they're introducing woven lines. And I would really encourage you to take a look at those because this quilt, I can't wait for you to see it. And I'm sorry that I can't show it to you, but it's my favorite quilt I've ever done. It is, it has the coolest drape to it because of the wovens in it. You know, quilting cotton can be a little bit stiffer. I mean, it does um, soften up as you wash it, but these, some of these wovens, they're just so drapey that it just, it feels incredible. All my kids have, you know, sort of said, yeah, this is my favorite quilt that you've ever done. So that will, um, it'll be out in a, in a magazine, not till the fall. It's like the winter edition. So it'll be a while, but, um, definitely check out this Boro line. It is, it made a, a very cool, unusually textured quilt. And I, and I love it. Um, the other thing that I'm working on, Quilting wise is I got my hands on the new line from Quilting in the Rain called Loyal Heights. And I love Jara's fabric. She's done um, the LaConnor line and High Tea. And there's another one, like Woodland something. Sorry, Jara, if I can't remember the name of that one. But anyways, here, I'm going to reach down right now and grab it so I can talk about it. So I did a story on it too, which of course I didn't save in, in Instagram stories because that's me. But what's really cool about this line is that um, some of the, the, the prints are like toile. Am I saying that right? I think I am. And it's very French and I love it. And they are little houses from this neighborhood called Loyal Heights, which I believe is around Seattle. So it's a beautiful colorway with some aquas and mint greens and pinky peaches and reds with um, sprinkled throughout the line are little touches of gold. And she's done this in a couple of her other lines and I love it. I think LaConnor, which had straw, which I had a very strawberry theme, um, had them as well. So I'm looking at this um, 
polka dot where every few polka dots is really a gold heart they're tiny it's super cute and this other print that's um okay what are those cherries i think they're cherries and there's just little little gold touches here and there on the fruits and on the leaves so i'm working on a quilt design for this um for this line and i think i know what i'm gonna do i think i'm going to do an irish chain quilt and i gotta be honest with you i'm a little insecure about that i've always wanted to do an irish chain quilt because i love simplicity and I think that is just like the ultimate in the simple, scrappy, beautiful, old-fashioned quilts. But I also feel like when someone sends me fabric, I should do something really big and spectacular. But I'm not a big and spectacular quilter. And I just keep saying, you know, stop with the comparison trap. Do the thing that you want to do, the thing that you love. And so anyways, I'm just really hoping that a, a scrappy Irish chain will highlight this fabric in a really beautiful way. Um, but I have to tell you that I am I'm a little insecure about how simple the quilts that I make are because they are, they're, they're simple. They're, you know, I sometimes look at these really complicated quilts and I really am impressed and um, I adore them. But they're not often me, and I just keep saying, just just be me. But I, I'm just going to be vulnerable there and express that um, sometimes I worry about my, my quilt designs being a little too on the simple side. So to segue between my quilting and book segment, I have a quilting book to talk about. I noticed that a book was released recently called The Quilter's Negative Space Handbook by Sylvia, Sylvia Schaefer, and it's from CNT Publishing. And... Um, I got one because this is exactly the type of quilting and qu type of um, design that I want to do, which is um, a little more modern, more negative space. And I thought, okay, I, I need to educate myself a bit. And so I really love this book and I will put a link in the show notes, but there are patterns in the book that create you know, that have negative space for you to play with. But what she really does is she explains how to get there, how to take what might be a more traditional layout and start subtracting from that layout to give yourself more negative space, to give yourself a more modern feel, to go um, off grid. And if things look a little too um, empty, how to introduce other elements of different scale to to um, help you out with that part um, but yeah so I'm, I'm right now I'm looking at what is a very traditional layout and she just starts taking blocks out until she has kind of a nice random um, display of the of the of the blocks and um, oh yeah it's really good or how to take a traditional block and change the angle of it to create a, a more modern feel I'm just I'm flipping through as I'm I'm talking to you here, um, but yeah, like there, here is an example of oh no I lost the page of a churn dash block, you know like how much more traditional can you get than a churn dash block? But how to set it and and how to create some space and to make it a little bit more modern and to uh, yeah get that negative space that you can really have some fun quilting with. So um, check out the negative 
the Quilters Negative Space Handbook. I am, and I, I really want to dive in and really, I really kind of enjoy working my way through a book because you can, you know, how often do we just buy books and kind of look through them and put them on our shelves and never do anything with it? So I really want to um, work through some of the exercises and the patterns that she has in this book. The other book that I want to talk about, I mentioned in the last podcast, and uh, it's called Dwelling. Simple Ways to Nourish Your Home, Body, and Soul. It's by Melissa Michaels, um, who has the beautiful blog, The Inspired Room. She's written a number of, of books, and they all have this very beautiful look. As a matter of fact, this morning when I was on Instagram, I happened to see the person who did all the watercolors for this uh, book said, oh, my watercolors are in this um, this book that just launched, and so I, I had to start following her because she does beautiful, beautiful illustrations. Um, okay, so let me talk about this book. When I first saw this book, I was thinking that it had more to do with interior design because that is really what Melissa Michaels is known for if you look at the inspired room. But it's not. It is and it's not. It's a book. It's it's kind of hard for me to describe. I did write a, uh, a blog post about it, a book review, so I'll link to that in the show notes. But for right now, what I want to share with you is it is a book that's really about living well about figuring out, you know, what's working in your life, what's not working in your life, what you want your life to be. And if you know me and my power sheets and my journaling stuff, this is so me. This is me. I, I you know, I, I in no way lack in self-reflection. <laughs> but I feel like, especially as we're transitioning from winter to spring, I'm just feeling this like time of renewal. And it's that time where, you know, you might want to check in with the goals you've set at the beginning of the year, because it's not too late to kind of go, oh, yeah, I'm not really making much progress. What can we do about that? So this was a really good book to sit down in the morning with my coffee and and read. And um, so I think I went through the chapter names last time, but I kind of in some ways want to do that again. There's there's chapters called well-being and sanctuary and loveliness and savoring. And in each of these chapters, she encourages you, she gives you um, journal prompts. So she encourages you to sit down and journal your way through, which I was doing at the beginning, but I will be honest with you. At some point, I kind of wanted to just read through and kind of soak it all in. And then I thought I would go back it's, it's a book that I think I will really pull out probably, you know, once a year because it just gets your mind thinking in those good ways. So well-being, you know, she just really talks about the things that what makes you feel good and how can you introduce more of that into your day. Sanctuary, that's more about creating a refuge in your home. So she's talking about really feeling good in, in your in your own skin, in your body, but also making that reflect out into your home. So, you know, it would inspire me to to tweak a room, to get rid of a little clutter. Um, now that it's spring, I'm, I've done some things to kind of lighten the house up. I, um, last year around, I guess it was more in the fall, I talked a lot about the Cozy Minimalist book, which is a little bit more about home decor. And she's really into making small tweaks in your home seasonally. So I took off the, uh, the plaid pillow covers on the couch and put these ones that are a little more, um, I don't know, Indian themed um, back on that are just a little lighter, a little more floral. 
and um, I put away some of our um, darker quilts and I have these kind of textured pillows that are kind of um, fluffy that are a little more wintry, a little more cozy. And I, and I need to swap out some of the greenery. Like I have some of this, these like kind of white sticks and stuff, very wintry and some vases. And I want to switch that out for some green. I've bought some plants because I feel in, in the spring, I just want to introduce more green into my home. And I'm feeling like I'm ready to try real plants again. I had some bad experiences years ago with it, and I'm not sure that's going to work in my house, but I want to introduce more green. It just, I feel like it, it's good for your home. It, it, it um, cleans the air, but it also just gives it that, that fresh look. So, so she talks about things like that. Um, just ways to create loveliness in different areas of your home to have your own little corner. Um, if you remember that book, I, oh gosh, I was going to look it up. I believe the, the author was Alexandria Stoddard, and she had a book about how to live a beautiful life that I've never bought, but I used to stand there at Barnes & Noble and read whenever we went. It's kind of like that. Um, there's a chapter on streamlining to simplify your routines, to figure out why you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, um, nourishing, feeding your mind, body, and spirit, um, gathering and that's all about relationships and hospitality. So it's just really, uh, it's a very inspirational book that has a lot of real takeaways. Like, so it's not just, oh, I'm living this beautiful life and it makes you feel like, oh, I could never do that. It in no way makes you feel bad about yourself. It's like, oh, I could make that little tweak. Oh, I would like to be the kind of person that, that does that. And um, she encourages you to really just take some baby steps. So anyway, so that is Dwelling. It just launched this week. So it's now available. And uh, in the book review that I wrote about it, she created like a seven- day email series that kind of gives you a taste of it in a way of just seven simple steps that you can do to kind of improve your life. And there's a huge, amazing giveaway on her blog for it too, that you should totally get in on. Um, and the link for that is also on the book review post. Well, I kind of already covered what I was going to talk about in my homemaking segment. And that is just prepping for spring. I'm loving this transition. I'm loving making little tweaks in the house. The blinds are, you know, open wide to let the light in. Every time I go to Trader Joe's, I pick up a new kind of plant that I can can bring home. Um, yeah, just even I was at Home Depot and, and bought a new plant. And I'm just kind of tucking them here and there. I uh, really am itching to get out in the backyard so we can get some flowers planted and it's just kind of make those little tweaks. I told you about the Cozy Minimalist um, book, but she also has the series of classes that came when I bought the book. You got access to the seasonal classes. And so I, that's where I watched the spring one. And uh, she, again, in the same way, I think I've watched fall and winter, now spring. She just talks about um, making, you know, not bringing out all, necessarily, if it's not you and it's not me, all the the Easter bunnies and, and eggs and things like that and decorate in that way, but really just uh, introducing some some greenery and taking out anything, some of the, the things that really made your house cozy in the fall and winter, um, you know, the dark colors and the heavier textures and putting those away and, and having a little stash of lighter pillow covers. She's into sort of swapping out a little bit of her color palette. She's a pretty neutral home and so do I, but so she introduces a few new colors um, for the seasons and I'm not, I'm not sure I'm really there yet, but in the same way when the kids were little, 
we did that toy rotation thing where I would take about half their toys and I'd put them in a bin in the garage. And then every few months, I would bring them out and swap them out and, and put away new toys. And it worked like a charm with these little kids that they would see these toys that they have had for years, but they haven't seen in a few months and they were like new. And that's how I'm kind of feeling about even the pillow covers that I've swapped out. And, and I think it'll be kind of fun to put away some of these darker quilts and just keep the lighter ones out and then do that little swap in the, you know, put the lighter ones away in the fall. And so then you go, oh, look, look at these are these, you know, look at these quilts. I haven't seen them forever. And I've not been able to do that before because I haven't really had enough quilts, but um, I'm beginning to get enough of a stash where I can kind of swap them out and let them all kind of get appreciated anew in, in their season. My goodness, I have really um, chatted on today. So let me just start to wrap this up by saying thank you so much for the people who have left reviews. There were three new reviews, one from Mr. Nezer, one from Jane Fitz, and one from GMA Go. That's probably Grandma Go. Thank you so much for your kind words. And I have to tell you that a lot of people talk about um, that I've got sort of this uh, in the reviews that I have this kind of calm uh, voice. And I said something to my kids about that. I'm like, would you describe me as that? Because I feel very much like this is just, I'm just talking like I normally talk. But each of those kids has listened in on a few episodes and they were just like, no, you have, yeah, you, you turn into this a little bit more of a serene uh, voice than you have in real life, which I think is funny. So it's not that I do it on purpose, but uh, somehow my kids don't get the benefit of, of the simple handmade everyday voice. So I thought that was, that was kind of funny. That's it for today. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. You can find me online at Simple Handmade Every Day, which is at kristenesser.com. And I'm basically on all the social medias as Kristen Esser. I hope that you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.